This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Friday, September 11th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my guest host today, Paul Sporer. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Dylan? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for making your uh, triumphant return to the podcast. Uh, glad to have you back. Uh, Matt's still getting back from Cleveland, but uh, glad to have you on. It's no problem. I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, always happy to fill in, talk some DFS. It's a tough time of year, Dylan. It's really tough. I imagine that you're feeling that pinch uh, as much as anyone, give, given how much you play and everything, but I, I find it to be a tough time. I don't know if you agree, but uh, with... Not knowing who's going to play, trying to map yeah. things out early in the morning is really tough. And mm. then I think it's only going to get tougher with some of these injuries that are just going to kind of linger. And, uh, yeah, so, you, you know, you're going to plan on playing guys X, Y, and Z. They're just not going to play. And then so it makes September DFS a little, little bit of a challenge. Yeah, I don't know if tough's the word I would use. I totally get that. It's weird <laughs> is what I've been saying. It's, it's weird. It's, it's yeah. very weird. Yeah, um, I don't know if you have strong opinions about it. Some people hate this 40-man roster thing, the roster expansion stuff. September baseball just doesn't feel like baseball at times. It's weird. Well, uh, it, it's, it's been getting more attention lately, and I think that's, that's right, because it is, it is kind of bizarre to play one way all season and then, and then to really flip it like that. I, I, mm-hmm. I continue to say that I'm fine if you want to expand the roster, carry the 40 guys, but then name like 28 actives for the night. You can even yeah. ex- still expand it, but 40, I mean, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And, and one yeah. of the biggest challenges in DFS is, you know, kind of trying to figure out bullpens. Well, yeah. it, it's been made almost impossible now because now, you know, no, no bullpens necessarily tired. But what kind of quality are you getting? You know, yeah. they used the three best guys last night, but they still have 14 guys. So they're not necessarily tired, but it's a bunch of these AAA guys. You have no idea what you're getting. It just muddies the water. So yeah, I, I agree with the, with the terminology that it is definitely weird. Yeah. Um, but there is some, uh, potential there for, you know, keen DFS players are going to look real close and, and try and figure out some good matchups. Cause, uh, I got some AAA guys that are up or lower minor league guys that are up and, uh, there can be some good matchups for you if you look close. Um, we're going to look for today, Friday the 11th, and there's a full slate of games. They're all evening games except, the because of the rain out on Thursday, there's an early, Cubs at Phillies game, they're doing doubleheader. Gonna assume that your DFS format will not include, uh, Arietta at Adam Morgan. That's the early game. Probably. Um, but we can take a look at the late game. We're gonna talk about all the rest of those. And so, yeah, they're all lumped together. And, uh, on the show, we start at catcher, typically. Gonna put you on the spot. Paul, who did you like at catcher, uh, to kick off, uh, your DFS slate? Well, I'm going with game two, uh, of that Cubs matchup. Mm-hmm. And, uh, talking about weirdness with a doubleheader. You don't even know if the Stars are necessarily going to play in the second mm-hmm. game sometimes. So Kyle Schwarber might not play, obviously. you got to keep an eye, a close eye on that, and it can be a bit of a risk, uh, you know, it, because the games are going to run so close together. It was basically a straight doubleheader there. Um, you might not you might not feel that comfortable uh, of him mm-hmm. playing. He's not going to catch the second game, obviously, if he catches the first one, but I think he should still play. So I like Schwarber. Obviously, he's a monster, the, the Hulk, as he, he gets called, and just absolutely dominating. Um, he's got, oh, geez, who did, who did they have in that second game? Oh, yeah, Alec Asher, another, yeah. another rookie. Part Some of the, uh, Phillies pitcher that you're not threatened by is who they have. Exactly. Basically. There's just no concern there. 
I'm, I'm going to be very happy to take him. I really hope Joe Madden lets him play mm-hmm. uh, at least that game. You know, if you want to sit him, Joe, sit him for the first game because I don't care about that one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and even if he doesn't play, uh, do you like Miguel Montero as well? Yes, absolutely. And and so you, I think you could just go with the Cubs catcher for the second game mm-hmm. yeah, either if, way. I, yeah, I like you, that. If you get the lineup, uh, whoever's in, I agree. I, I had them both written down. I was like, pick one, whichever one. You'll pay a little more for Schwarber if he's in, but they're both uh, have a potential to do you know a lot of damage in Philadelphia. Um, I also wrote Matt Wieters gets Danny Duffy. Matt Wieters switch hitter, and he kind of prefers to hit lefties. And I'm just not overwhelmed by Danny Duffy. I never really have been. No. I realize he has potential, but I haven't seen it yet. And uh, I feel like Wieters could could do okay there. The problem is, we bring this up a lot, um, when you face a Royals pitcher, even when it's a good matchup, you run the risk of running into that Royals bullpen afterwards. Uh, and, and that could be a little bit troublesome, but I think Wieters is an okay pick there. Um, and then with Matt gone, I got to pick one of his boys. Um, the Marlins get a lefty and Gio Gonzalez. And that means JT Real Muto. Muto, is, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's useful when he gets lefties. He's an all right catcher, but, uh, DFS wise, when he gets lefties, uh, I like that. Was he on your list? Uh, he was not, but not, not for any lack of, uh, liking him. I, I'm a, I'm a Real Muto guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I like, I like the Cubs catchers. I like Weeders and I also like, uh, beef. Wellington Castillo. Yes, yes, I yes. love that nickname. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> th- th- they're facing a lefty. He's been doing damage against everybody, really. You know, the, mm-hmm. the power's been there regardless of who he's facing. But uh, I'll obviously take a platoon advantage for for Castillo. Hope bomb. So yeah, he w- he was another catcher that I wanted to consider there going up against Alex Wood, who hasn't been great with the Dodgers. Yeah, he's pretty pretty okay. Not scary, I'd say. It's a lefty he can hit. I agree. I have that. Exactly. Um, last catcher I had, uh, Travis Darno gets Matt Whistler. And mm-hmm. it's weird to see the Braves be so bad at pitching, but they're miserable. And Darno, when he's healthy, can hit. And he can hit righties. I'm not worried about platoon advantage there. He hits righties. So, uh, yeah, I like he, Travis Darno as well. Definitely not worried about the platoon advantage there. I agree with you, especially with Whistler. Um, not only is it weird for the Braves to be bad at pitching, isn't it maybe weirder for the Mets to be really good at hitting? That's true. Uh, there's a lot That's of true. quality uh, options these days. Yeah, I'm excited to see them in the playoffs. That's going to be interesting. There's a lot of a lot too. of not typical playoff teams making it in. It makes me look forward to October for sure. Um, yeah, you have any other catchers or does that do, do it for you? No, we, we can yeah. move on. Yeah, that's, that's plenty of options, you know, five or six for you. Um, alright, first base, usually a ton of options. Uh, who sticks out to you most at first base? Uh, well, uh, honestly, I'm looking over at the Rangers. Uh, mm-hmm. They've obviously got two guys there, both Prince Fielder and Mitch Moreland can qualify. In fact, I, I double up on two teams. I, I got four guys, but from two teams. Okay. Also going back to that KC, uh, Baltimore game yeah. and getting Osmer and Kendris Morales against Mike Wright. Mm-hmm. So Fielder and Moreland are at home against Jesse Chavez. Chavez has not good on the road, generally speaking. Texas, you know, is not the launching pad that it used to be, but it's still much better than Oakland. And Chavez has really been wearing down, oh, I yeah. think, uh, you know, kind of as the season goes, but they've needed to kind of keep him in the rotation. So I think that's a great spot. Uh, you'll hear a lot of Rangers just as a, as a foreshadowing here. But yeah, so four guys from two teams, 
tough part is you're going to have to n- narrow it down mm-hmm. because uh, obviously you can't you can only use one of them uh, or maybe more unqualifies in the outfield too i don't know but uh, at best you can only use two of them and i r- really like all four uh, right. with fielder probably being my top option but also the most expensive so yeah. kind of depends how you make your lineup but but that runs the gamut though too because for a first baseman hosmer is is pretty cheap uh, so is moreland so you know, you, you've got options there. You can spend big or, or save a few bucks. Yeah. For me, a lot of times, um, I like to pick first base last and cause there's so many options and so many places you can go, um, that can help you out budget wise. I try and pick out the tougher sure. positions and then I come to first base and I go, Oh, I can only afford Morales, you know, or Oh, it looks like it's going to be Moreland based on that's the money I have. Uh, but, but yeah, I agree. I like all four of those guys. There's places to go. Um, I got one other one real fast. Sure. If if you are really struggling for the money, um, you can just jump down to 3,400 for Lucas Duda. We already talked about Matt Whistler. I think he's going to get smoked. He's, he hasn't looked good. And so that's another place that you could go and really save money. 3,400 at first base. You don't usually see guys that cheap. Yeah. I mean, you don't usually use guys that cheap because there's so many good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Lucas Duda is lined up for a just fine game. You know, he, he always has the power. He'll be fine. Um, some of the guys I had, uh, Adam Lynn gets Charlie Morton. I like Charlie Morton when he faces lineups that are mostly righties and the Brewers are mostly righties. So Charlie Morton could have an okay game, you know, but, uh, Adam Lynn, of course, crushes righties and is left-handed. So I think he's going to have success there. If you want to pick him up, um, your boy McGee gets Cody Anderson. I assume you think he's going to do just fine there, right? Of, of course, yeah. kind of a, a staple recommendation. Yep. At the, at the upper end, um, there's not really any that I'm I'm necessarily against. Chris Davis, you talked earlier about uh, eschewing the platoon split with hmm. Travis Darnot. You can do that with Chris Davis too, yeah. and you wouldn't think you could with Lefty Lefty, but he's just murdering everybody this year. Yeah. So you really could if you wanted to, but if you're going to spend the five Gs, you have to go Goldschmidt against Alex yes. Wood. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can make, like I said, you can make the case for Davis, but not only in a vacuum there. Once you see that, that, uh, Goldschmidt's equally expensive and Miguel Cabrera's 2000, or excuse me, $200 cheaper, you have to go with one of those two, uh, against Alex Wood and Cody Anderson, respectively. Yep. Yep. I like those. Uh, the few others I like, uh, Joey Votto gets John Lackey. He's on fire in the second half. There's no reason Joey Votto can't do fine. Um, Anthony Rizzo gets Alec Asher if you want to pick on the Phillies. And then uh, Brandon Belt even gets Andrew Kashner, who is not having a great year. So, I don't know. There's a million options at first base. My my personal method, like I said, is to pick last. Go fill out the tougher positions, come back, and figure out how much money you've managed to save. Because you might be able to get Goldschmidt if you went cheap, or you might have to go someone like Duda. But they're all capable, I would say. What do you think of, considering somebody like Votto, Mm -hmm. not only given his excellence, but the consistency of it, I think you can almost make a case that his five thousand uh, dollar price tag is almost a bargain. Doesn't it, he score literally every day? I it, mean, it, how many scoreless games does he have in the second half? It's a very high floor, absolutely. And when it comes to that, a lot of times it depends on what format you're playing. If you're playing a fifty-fifty or a like a ten-team league or something that's smaller, and you just need some points, I like that guy a lot more. But if I'm playing in a GPP or something huge or I want to go big or go home, I might go a guy like Chris Davis, who has a chance of hitting two homers. And obviously, jo- Joey Votto can hit two homers as well. But I would feel like the variance in the range is a lot bigger for a guy like Chris Davis or even Lucas Duda, you know, more of those like pure power guys. 
Um, it, again, that's my personal preference and strategy, but yeah. And something where I'm trying to, you know, get some of those crazy games together. Um, I, it kind of depends on what format I'm in. That said, Joey Votto's never a bad pick. Like he's very capable of his multi-homer games too. So, uh, yeah, well, you're right. He doesn't put up zeros very often. So I like him a lot. And John Lackey's pretty okay. It's not a great matchup, but I don't know that it matters for Joey Votto. Should do just fine. Um, does that make sense to you? Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. I think with Votto specifically this year, mm-hmm. uh, he does kind of have that, that, that upside as well. But, um, you know, because the power's been there, mm-hmm. but I, I, yeah, I don't really know. It's, I want to get somebody, I, I, I hear you at first base. You want to get the guy who could maybe have the, the utterly massive night. We have seen some of those utterly massive nights from Votto though. Yeah. Doesn't he have a three homer game? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so. You know, he's been kind of crazy. I, I'm looking at it now. In the second half, he only has three scoreless games uh, yeah, for, for Votto. He doesn't make outs anymore. He just, no, you know. It's crazy. Yeah. And he's averaging 11.6 points in the second half. Um, you know, I, I almost, like I said, I almost think he's a bargain at 5,000 right now, just the way he's going, because you're going to get guaranteed points. And there is still the, the elite upside. He's got, uh, let's see, that's, not 11 20 plus point games too so mm-hmm. that, in the second half anyway yeah. we can move on first base is rich yeah. we know that uh you can spend big or you can be be uh budget there either way it can generally work first base is tough to mess up let's go into the tougher positions yeah sure all right at second base again with this full slate we got 15 games to pick from i didn't feel too stumped at any position it's had some guys everywhere you know on the smaller slate sometimes are really running the trouble at like shortstop or something but uh i had options here um second base i wrote six names gonna run real quick I have Neil Walker getting Jimmy Nelson. I've kind of harped on Neil Walker for being boring is the word I keep using for him, but also dependable. Uh, he, he's an option. He should do fine uh, when he gets a righty, and Jimmy Nelson is okay. So that doesn't thrill me, but I see no problem with that at all. Um, do you like Ian Kinsler getting Cody Anderson? I know he's better against lefties, but Cody Anderson's nothing special. He should do fine, right? Yeah, Cody Anderson's nothing special, and the the Tigers, I mean, the, or excuse me, Kinsler himself has just been raking in the second half. Yeah. So, um, no, I, I don't really worry about that. I don't don't really worry about anybody uh, on the Tigers against Cody Anderson. Definitely like Kinsler. Yep. Um, I also like anytime the Rays get a lefty, there's a lot of options to pick from, and Logan Forsyth is going to be near the top. Um, I had a tweet about this the other day. Uh, Steve Adams joined me on Wednesday, and he called Logan Forsyth doing well. And then he uh, had J.P. Aaron Sibia, who I also liked. He also homered off a lefty, and I felt proud because I feel like he's a sneaky pick. He also mentioned <laughs> Mikey Matuk, and he also hit yeah. a home run, and that about made me fall out of my chair because I was like, all right, you predicted that too. Uh, I wasn't even <laughs> in on Mikey Matuk. Um, but the point was that Logan Forsyth is uh, almost obvious against a lefty at this point. He's hitting righties too, but he gets Wade Miley. Um, it's a Logan Forsyth day. He's been great against lefties, and it's not even sneaky anymore. So I, I like that. Um, are you in on Logan Forsyth? You agree? All, all year. All yeah. year I have been. Yeah. Big, big fan of what he could do. Actually was was drafting him as a late sneak pick uh last year and and it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Basically I was kind of expecting something like this 
maybe not quite to this extent. I mean, this has been an excellent season. But Jason Collette and I talked about him when he first got on Tampa Bay uh, and, and had him as a sneak pick for last year. It didn't work out. Couldn't yep. stay healthy. This year, he finally has the breakout. Forsyth, like you said, automatic against lefties. Yep. Yeah, we should do fine against Wade Miley, who's whatever. Um, I have Rugnet Adoria and Jesse Chavez. You mentioned him earlier. I'm a Jesse Chavez guy, and he was great for the first two months. I always think he's underrated. He has just, like, totally worn out over recent months, though. Like, I'm off the train. He, Too he, small. Yeah. Too he small. can't hold up. Um, Rugnet Adoria should do just fine. Um, Robinson Gano gets Chad Bettis. It's not in Colorado. It's in Seattle. But Robinson Gano has become, you know, more of a boring guy. He feels like Neil Walker to me, almost, in that, like, the the ceiling's not as high, but he should still be able to give you some points most times out, you know. Um, still a useful player, and the Rockies in that bullpen, you know, that's an opportunity for points for him. And then, uh, last name I have, if he gets in the lineup, Joe Panic gets Andrew Kashner, and it feels weird to stream against Andrew Kashner, but he's been pretty o- underwhelming, too. So, uh, if... Yeah, so Panic, uh, you know, this is another off-the-top-of-my-head comparison. Joe Panic is like the very, very poor man's Joey Votto and that it's just it's a contact guy, or, well, Votto's not a contact guy. I love guy. Joe Panic. Yeah, he's just, he should get you some points, and he might not hit a ton of home runs for you or anything, but, like, should collect some hits, should get on base against uh, Kashner. So, yeah, you're a Joe Panic guy. Oh, big time. Uh, yeah. and, and he does always seem to do something. Yeah. It's something that I'm, he's a guy that I'm a little bit mad at myself about for this year because watching him in the playoffs, you know, for the, for the whole time there, um, I kept saying this guy is, is, is damn good. Like mm-hmm. really good. You know, his numbers weren't off the charts. It was, it was just the at bats that you were watching. He did have some key hits, but overall he, he didn't have some 1050 OPS in the playoffs. He was yeah. just doing things well. Former first round pick. So it's not hard to take, you know, to take a stance and say this guy's supposed to be good, mm-hmm. but I didn't think he got you know, the hype that he deserved. He really wasn't drafted all that highly. And I only picked him up in a couple spots. I should have been more diligent because I really thought he was better than what was being advertised. And that's played out this year. He's had a fantastic season. And I think it's pretty legitimate. It's mm-hmm. not overwhelming, like you mentioned. You know, eight homers, three stolen bases, but a three twelve average, a do everything kind of guy, do a little bit of everything. Second base is not impossible to fill, but uh it's not you know the deepest position either. So I, I really like Panic, and I like Panic in a, in a DFS setting. He has only played a hundred games so far this year. Only fourteen of them are scoreless. So yeah. you talk about that kind of high floor situation where you're going to get points. Only 14 offers for him. That's pretty nice in 100 games. Yeah. I got to be careful in my off the top of my head comparisons because I'm not saying they're, you know, I'm not trying to compare Joey Votto to Panic except in that way of like they both don't put up zeros very often and that can be very no. helpful. Um, anybody at second base you had that I skipped over? Well, Dorn was my top guy. We, we, we talked about him already. I like Jonathan Scope. He's going up against Danny Duffy. Mm-hmm. The dude's just got killer power. Yes, Another guy that uh, I was pretty high on coming into the year. Unfortunately, he got hurt, so I had to cut him in a lot of leagues because he, he had a long-term injury. So even though I, I went through with my love for, for Scope, it still didn't pan out because he got hurt, and then by the time he came back, I wasn't able to 
reacquire him. Not that anybody really cares about that, but I'm just <laughs> lamenting my season yeah. right now. Uh, but I like him in DFS for sure. Anthony Rendon, we already talked a bit about. Mm-hmm. Well, the Nationals get to face Jared Cozart, who does ne- has never done it for me. Just not yeah. really a fan. So they got a couple guys I'd be interested in, including Rendon, Daniel Murphy. Um, and then the last one, real cheap option, who could go yak. Uh, Luis Valbuena, and they're facing a righty, and they're facing a righty who throws BP fastballs, and that's Jared Weaver. So, um, if you need to save money, twenty eight hundred for Luis Valbuena. He's the opposite end. We're talking about guys who who almost never have zeros. Yeah. He almost always has zeros, except for when he drops a fifteen because yeah. he'll he'll hit a bomb or something. So, you know, it's very high variance. But uh, twenty two homers this year for for Valbuena. If you're just looking for a lineup filler at second or third, he's twenty eight hundred bucks. Yep, that's a really good example. You know, Joe Panic versus Luis Valbuena. It's like I want Luis Valbuena in the GPP where I need him to run into a big game for me to get high in a big pool. But if I'm in a smaller league, I want Joe Panic because I just I need the points to separate myself a little bit. Um, yeah, that's a good comparison. Let's move on to third base next. Uh, Paul, who's at the top of your list at third base? I'm sticking with beating up on Mike Wright, and uh, so I got Mike Mustakis mm-hmm. there. I- I'm not a huge Mustakis guy, but you know he got off to that really hot start with the batting average, and his and his price was kind of through the roof. He really hit a cold snap there for quite a while, mm-hmm. kind of regressed back to the Moustakis that we were used to seeing. So the price is down now, too. I like that at 3700 I can deal with that. Um, again, uh, Scope's another dual qualifier, so if you, so is Rendon. Actually, a lot of my second basemen were mm-hmm. also third base qualifiers. But uh, up at the top, I like Matt Carpenter, too. He's not at the very tippy top, but 4700 Michael Lorenzen can't do anything against lefties nope. so i really like that moose and uh and and carp are my top two and then machado is my third yep yeah machado against stuff you should do fine you're gonna pay for it a little bit Machado's actually preferred righties this year but it's not like he can't hit lefties and can't hit dan duffy he'll be fine there for sure i like those um for sure other ones i had are uh evan longoria gets wade miley and evan longoria's had in some people's eyes, a bit of a disappointing career, but he still destroys lefties. One of the best hitters against lefties. I like a lot of those rays, uh, including, you know, him against lefties. So I'm in on that against, uh, Wade Miley. And again, the Red Sox bullpen isn't that great either. Um, would you consider David Wright getting Matt Whistler? It's righty on righty. Sure. He, he should do fine. Yeah. No, a- any of the Mets really. Yeah. Uh, up and down the lineup, righty or lefty. I'm obviously going to talk about Granderson when we get to, outfielders it, it doesn't matter matt whistler hasn't shown anything that yep. you need to be afraid of this year or yep. uh, yeah this year sorry yep um and then the other one i had at third base uh, I, you kind of read off my list at the top it was good um kyle seager gets chad bettis and it's in seattle but the rockies bullpen and chad bettis just don't pitch that well so and kyle seager's seager, on fire yeah he'll be just fine i like kyle seager a lot um dependable guy for sure so yeah um, that's it at third base. So shortstop is usually the tricky position, especially this year. It's been kind of tough and we've been hunting and pecking to try and find some, uh, some sneaky ones. And our running joke on the show is that, uh, Johnny Peralta is always a pick. And the truth is he's just consistent and he's pretty platoon yeah. proof and should do fine. And he gets Michael Lorenzen. You know, he's not a lefty, but it's Michael Lorenzen's not that good against righties no. either. So. Uh, Johnny Peralta, it's the obligatory mention, but it's still relevant, you know, if you want to go with him at shortstop, today's as good a day as any. Um, who else do you have at shortstop that, that might be a little less obvious? 
Oh, a little less obvious would be Ian Desmond then jump back down mm-hmm. and, and keep picking on, on Jared Cozart. Mm-hmm. Lorenz, uh, excuse me, uh, Desmond's been much better in the yeah. second half. Been a lot more like the guy that we were kind of used to getting. Uh, price hasn't really adjusted too much for that 3400 I'm fine spending that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in Miami, so, you know, it, it's not the best venue. But Ian Desmond, when he's on, he can go yak really anywhere. I mean, yep. he's got great power he's not a wall scraper sort of guy so uh that part can't really hold him if he's clicking plus i'll take a few doubles in the gap for 3400 i don't need the bomb when i'm spending that little um i can just take a couple base hits and be fine with it so i like desmond sure um who else you got at shortstop uh and then just super obvious carlos correa sure jerry weaver terrible yeah Uh, it's just not good so 4300 it is expensive because it's the most expensive guy there, but you know, compared to the other positions, to get the best, uh, you got to spend usually five thousand. And so, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take the best shortstop for forty three hundred if I can't really figure out anything else. It's really only those two. That's the only two I had were Desmond and Cram, either spending small or, or just going big top. Yep, I like those. I think those are the stable options. Um, I have some weirder ones, but this is more if you're trying to, you know, pick something non-obvious. Um, Eugenio Suarez has established himself as an alright, you know, shortstop option, but he gets John Lackey. He prefers to hit lefties though, so I don't love it. He could be okay, but, but I think there are better places to go. Um, Tim Beckham is another raised righty, and that, uh, that infield can be a little messy at shortstop. But he should be able to get in against a lefty, and he's a flawed baseball player, but hitting lefties is something he does. So uh, I could see him having success against Wade Milan. He would be really cheap. Um, and mm-hmm. if you want to get that raised stack and fill up on those righties against a lefty, Tim Beckham is an option. Um, I have Jimmy Rollins getting Robbie Ray. I like Robbie Ray. He's also run out of gas a little bit. And Jimmy Rollins has had, you know, a undeniably disappointing season. Still has a 781 OPS against lefties. He's still hitting lefties. Not, not blowing him up, but, but better than he's doing against righties for sure. You could pick Rollins uh, against Robbie Ray if you like the Dodgers against him. Um, and then I wrote Brad Miller gets Chad Bettis. He's a, always, can have a way to contribute power or speed, but he's very underwhelming. Uh, are you a Brad Miller guy? I feel like he's a polarizing Big fantasy time. option. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I am actually, I eyeballed him, but just didn't, just didn't name him. So yeah, yeah. I, I can get in on that for 3,300. Again, if you're, yeah. if you're trying to save and, and you end up getting at shortstop late and you're like, ah, I don't really have any money for Correa, mm-hmm. Miller or, or Desmond, I think are perfectly reasonable options. Yep. Yeah, not exciting, but, but at shortstop, you just want to find a bunch of names because it can be tricky. Um, mm-hmm. But I agree, if you want to go for it, it's not that expensive to get the best guy there. So you can do that. Um, and then uh, outfield, where there's usually a ton of options. Paul, give me a rundown on where you think you're looking at uh, outfield. Sticking with some familiar games here. Mm-hmm. Um, Shinsu Chu, obviously I'm, I'm crushing Jesse Chavez today. Sorry, mm-hmm. I had to do it. Yeah. Chavez, uh, Josh Reddick. In that same game, going up against Colby Lewis in Texas, give me that all day. Yeah. Alex Gordon, again, Mike Wright, been crushing him today. Mm-hmm. Jason Hayward against Michael Lorenzo. We already talked about how bad he is against lefties. Yes, he is. Curtis Granderson, I already mentioned. And then A.J. Pollock gets a lefty, Alex Wood. Yes. He's been murking everybody this year, but he's especially good against lefties. So I really like A.J. Pollock kind of as the – he's the most expensive of that group, so he's the kind of the foundation there. Tons of options. I just cut it to six. Outfielders for three. 
Yeah, and and those were guys on my list. Uh, my rundown: Gregor Polanco gets uh, Jimmy Nelson, and Polanco's been a bit disappointing, maybe because people had high expectations. But he has like twenty plus stolen bases. He keeps running, so even if he's not blowing it up on power with the average, uh, there's points to be had there one way or the other. And against Jimmy Nelson, he should do just fine. Um, JD Martinez gets Cody Anderson. You know, Martinez, like a lot of those Tigers, prefers lefties, but it's not like he's a slouch against righties. And Cody Anderson came back to earth really quickly. So, uh, that's a legit, you know, huge power guy. One of the, I don't know, is it possible? Does it feel like Martinez somehow had a quiet season? You just don't hear of him course. talk about that much. Is that crazy? No, he, no, he, does, he doesn't get talked. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm in the tank hardcore for JD Martinez. So. Right. I'll, I'll put that bias out on the table right away. But I, I, I did a podcast, uh, with, with Doug Thorburn, the guy I write the starting pitcher guide with mm-hmm. for Rotowire, and we did our first rounds, and I put JD Martinez in mine. Right. He, I did. He's I a, put him 12th. It's easy the, to be the, like, the people. Power is ridiculous. Right. It's like, oh, he, he's like a 35 homer guy. No, he's already like gonna hit over 40. Like, yeah, he's got 36 this year. Yeah. He had 23 in 123 games last year. I mean, it's legit. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty legit last year. Here's what I thought for him. I thought 30 and about a 265, 270 average. I'm like, okay, that works. Listen, even if he falls back to that next year, uh, you know, obviously you don't want that if you take him in the first round. No one's really going to take him in the first round. I was just trying to point out what what he is, what he's been doing is 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 really legitimate. So uh, I put him there, but you're probably talking second, third round. Right. Even if he fell back to that, and he only gave you know low 30s bombs with like a 270 average, you could live with that. Oh yeah, you know he, he might become kind of the next Nelson Cruz who continually gets overshadowed because mm-hmm. nobody nobody believes it and ends up being a value. Now, understandable a little bit more with Cruz, particularly when he was changing ballparks, and he he is a bit older. But Martinez, I think you're right. It has been a quiet year because he has 36 bombs, yeah. but they're they're a god-awful team. If the Tigers had been any good, I think that's when we would have uh, seen something different in terms of J.D. Martinez's hype. Yeah, there just aren't that many guys in baseball that hit 40 homers nowadays, and he's established no. himself as one, and you don't hear it talked about. So anyway, he gets Cody Anderson. He, again, prefers lefties. It'll be fine. You know, he's always a pick. Um, I have Jay Bruce against John Lackey. I picked a number of these Reds against John Lackey, and the truth is John Lackey's not bad, so it's not that juicy. I could just see him doing fine. Um, I have Marcel Ozuna again, Gio Gonzalez. Uh, Marcel Ozuna loves to hit lefties and has mm-hmm. been much better since he's come back, and Gio Gonzalez has broke my heart all year. He's not that yeah. good. I feel bad picking against him, but the truth is he's an exploitable lefty now. Should do fine. Um, if you somehow went really cheap at all your other positions and are just looking to spend a ton of money, Bryce Harper gets Jared Cozart. There's no reason not to like it. It's one of those where it's weird to recommend where you're like, yeah, of course, he's, he's an option. He'll do fine. Yeah. Um, I mentioned Mikey Mutuk, uh, cause again, props to Steve Adams. He was not on my radar at, our, at all, but he hits lefties and should get in against a lefty and it worked for him the other day. If you want to pick a sneaky third outfield pick for Mikey Mutuk getting Wade Miley, go nuts. There's no reason not to do that. Um, you mentioned Granderson, platoon advantage against Matt Wisler. It's worth mentioning to Red Hot, uh, Yuan Cespedes. You know, he might have inflated his price a bit, but he's clearly locked in and he can get Matt Wisler and the, the Mets are rolling and he's a, a good part of that. Um, and then you had AJ Pollock and I agree. I also had that on my list because he gets a lefty. So. Yeah, our, our lists are overlapping a bit, which is a good sign. 
plenty of options in the outfield. There always is. See, so I like to go there first. Or may, I definitely do my infield first, second, third, short, because those are a little tricky and find the ones you like. And then you can fill in outfield and first base because there's a ton of flexibility. There's, you'll find guys you like uh, at your price point. Um, I often go pitcher very first. I don't know about you, but when I'm filling out my DFS uh, uh, lineup, oh, it's, yeah. it's going to dictate where I go, absolutely, because it's the biggest range of uh, of prices. Paul, what do you think in a pitcher um, of these, you know, 15 games? What matchups stick out to you? We, we picked a lot of pitchers to pick on. What about ones that you like? Well, I've got a nice, uh, expensive, inexpensive combo to set okay. up a one-two punch. I'm basically going with the most expensive guy on the board, Dallas Keuchel. I'm not afraid. Mm-hmm. Love Dallas Keuchel, 13400 I'm fine with that because I've got enough uh, hitting options that are cheaper, plus my secondary pitcher is cheaper as well. So I feel like I can I can splurge a little bit. Mm-hmm. Additionally, you talk about Keuchel, and, and what's the first thing people say? Oh, he's great. Doesn't strike out enough. That's mm-hmm. you, you always hear that. That is so overblown is right. the problem. He's not among the top guys. I, I, I can't say that. That would just be a lie. So I won't, I'm not going to say that. Right. But the suggestion that he doesn't strike guys out is foolhardy. Keiko has a 29% strikeout rate since the break. That's ninth best among qualified starters. Mm-hmm. He's at 27% dating back to May 30th, which puts him 10th among starters. Dallas Keiko's missing bats at, right. at, at a great clip. And when you compare that, or when you pair that with everything else that he's doing, the dude is a total stud. Right. Angels don't really scare me. That ballpark is, is nice for pitchers. I like Dallas Keuchel to start my pitching off, and then I'm pairing him with Jimmy Nelson at 7,600. Jimmy Nelson has owned the Pirates this year, 173 ERA and 33 strikeouts in 31 in the third innings against them. Mm-hmm. Watch out for rain there, though. Yeah, yeah, you got to keep an eye on weather, of course. Um, yeah, I had a few guys against Jimmy Nelson. I mentioned some Pirates, but, you know, overall, it's still a fine matchup for him. I could see him definitely as a cheap option doing just fine. Like, I picked me a walker against him, and I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I could see it going either way. Uh, so yeah, as a cheap option, that's good. I like you mentioned Keichel. He's been a, a favorite here on this show. Actually, last year, Matt first was really in on him, and we ended up sponsoring his baseball reference page, because a year, nice. year and a half ago, like, nobody was paying attention to him, and it was nice and cheap. And of course, then it, it blew up. He was an all-star, and then went to go resubs, re, uh. And it's like a billion dollars. Yeah. We're like, oh, we had to get rid of that, and this year we got Chase Anderson was our new favorite, our new under-the-radar guy, especially in the first half. He was so underrated, and it was cheap to sponsor mm-hmm. him. That hasn't gone as well as the Dallas Keuchel one. No. But uh, we still like Chase Anderson. But um, I agree with Keuchel. Uh, for me, the strikeout thing um, in regular fantasy, when you often have innings limits, the strikeouts per inning can bring it down for your year, and that's not why I would stay away from him, but that's why it's a concern. In DFS, he racks up so many innings they might be like, oh, he only struck out six and eight innings. It's like, that's still six strikeouts, which is not nothing, yeah. you know? And he like, went eight innings. Yeah. yeah. No, it, that, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. I, I, your point about, um, innings cap leagues basically becoming K per nine leagues is one mm-hmm. I love to make. Yeah. It's less concerning with somebody as good as Keiko, yeah. but it's, it, it's very concerning for some of those scrub guys that still get love. You know, scrub guys who can do well for a while, like a Mark Burley. I know he had a huge run earlier. I won't touch those guys in right. inning limit leagues, though, because 
I don't care what your ERA and WHIP are. I'm not taking your 4Ks per nine right. and letting you eat up 200. That, that's the thing with a Burley particularly. The dude is guaranteed for 200 innings. So yeah. you're eating up 200 innings with a garbage rate. Can't do it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's basically right. It becomes a K9 league and that's not true in DFS. Like you're, you're going to get more strikeouts because Keiko is going to go deep. I'm with you. I like that a lot and the angels are not scary. Um, do you like Luis Severino and then do you like Luis Severino against the Blue Jays? I love Luis Severino as a pitcher, yes. but I'm not paying 10K for anyone to face the Blue Jays. Yeah. I don't care how good they are, yeah. even on a contrarian play. It just doesn't make sense. Someone's yeah. going to do it and he's and it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if it panned out, but that's more of uh, confusing and a, a good outcome with a, with a good decision because it, it's a bad decision. It, yep. it, no matter what, I'm sorry, it, you can't go into this saying this is the right play because yep. he costs too much. If he yep. costs 7,500, I'm fine with it. Even 8,500, yep. I, I could say, okay, that's a contrarian play. I get 10K. You're putting way too much risk there. It's yep. just t- entirely too much risk against Toronto in that ballpark. So no, I love Luis Severino as a pitcher overall. He's he's boosted his price point up because he's been so excellent. Can't touch it. Yep. Okay. How about your boy uh, Justin Verlander going to Cleveland? Kind of turned his season around in the last month or so. Are you in? And if you're in, he should do fine against the Indians. But are you in on Verlander? Yeah, I'm totally in on Verlander. Uh, I love this resurgence that we've seen from. I, I've, I've again. I already talked about my love for JD Martinez. I'm a Tigers fan, yes. so uh, you know there, there, there's inherent bias there. I totally get it. But I'm, I've always, you know, tried to really temper that, and make sure that I'm not just being overly biased toward the Tigers or anything. But I, I also watch them every single day too, so mm-hmm. I feel like I can, you know, speak pretty confidently on certain things. So watching Verlander, I, I, I really had a hard time ever saying he was done. That yeah. kind of talk really kind of uh, bothered me. I just I, that's not what I saw, and I, and I could tell. I was done. People, I'll what? tell you. I said I was done. I was that guy. I was no, like, nope, I'm out. A lot of people were. Yeah. I mean, most people were. That that was the consensus was to be done, and I'm like, I just listen. I know the velocity is down, but I just can't believe that he doesn't have enough of that secondary arsenal that's been so good mm-hmm. to not still succeed. So we've seen it now for a while. I believe in it. I think we can get a few years at, at this kind of level where he's more of a mid-threes guy who can have that excellent night um, at, at any moment. You know, I kept comparing – I've compared him to this guy in the past in terms of his career. And it's not a perfect analog because he certainly doesn't have the injuries. Um, but just in terms of the heights that they were at to where I think he's going to go. And it's Jake Peavy. Okay. And, uh, you know, we – We've watched Jake Peavy kind of have a couple resurgences, and and, and th- those were because of injuries. So that's why I said it's not a perfect analog. But anytime we count Peavy out, he does seem to kind of bounce back. You know, he got he got counted out again last year, his first half with Boston, and he was terrible. And then he had a great finish with with the Giants, and now he's 34. You know, he's been kind of blah this year, but uh, can always have a good game. So. Yeah. I think Verlander's going to be somebody in his 30s who probably going to get counted out a couple more times and continue to prove that, no, he's not dead. I definitely like the run he's on right now. You can definitely use him against Cleveland. They're not a, they're not a very scary offense. They can yeah. do some things, but they've, they've underwhelmed all year. They've, they've been underachievers. So at 9,400, I'm cool with Verlander. That was yeah. a long, long answer. I knew you'd have opinions about Verlander and he's a guy to talk about because he's, he's, he's polarizing as well. And that's good. And there, there's no better person to ask uh, about it. So no, I, I'm with you. Um, I got Chris Archer against Boston. Boston's an okay lineup, but it's in Tampa Bay. There's no reason Chris Archer can't be just fine, right? More than He's just matching. fine. Should be good. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, matchup proof. That that Boston lineup is scary right now. They've been hitting pretty much since the start of August. Uh, obviously, everyone remembers the 22-run beatdown that they put on Felix. Mm-hmm. But they've just been playing well. I'm not scared. I, I would use Archer in, in a lot of different situations. Maybe if I couldn't afford Keuchel, I just, you know, I missed the cut maybe by about a, a thousand bucks there. Mm-hmm. Uh, with my lineup, I would have no problem substituting Archer. Yep, he'll do well. Uh, Steven Matz going to Atlanta. Atlanta's punch list. Also on my list. Yeah, Steven Matz will do fine. He's great. He's trustworthy and Atlanta's bad. Go nuts. Um, would you consider Irvin Santana going to the White Sox? That's not so much a testament for Irvin Santana, but more, are you ready to pick on the White Sox? I, I'm fine picking on the White Sox because they've been they've been dog meat all year. I'm not really worried about that. You know, I it's funny. I, I jumped off of the Irvin Santana train like right before he got good again. Mm-hmm. I, I waited as long as I could, thinking, no, this guy's an established quality guy, quality mid rotation guy. I'm going to give him a handful of starts here to iron it out. Uh, and he'll be fine. And, yeah. and he wasn't. He, no. he just kept blasting my ERA yeah. going, you know, uh, hilariously enough, the best start, uh, in his August run before the Houston start was at Toronto. And of course, I didn't use that no. one. Yeah. I had him out of the line for that. At Cleveland kills him. Home yeah. to Texas kills. At New York, at Tampa, kill, kill. Anyway, two great starts against Houston. You know, they're great. They're a great team overall, but, you know, Racking up 21 strikeouts against them isn't a huge surprise. So I don't know how much we can believe in it. I'd be fine with it. It, 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 Basically, I'll take the long way of saying it's 6,500. I'd be fine with it. Honestly, I would go 6,200 on Cashner instead. I know we talked about him and how inconsistent he's been. But if I'm gambling on trying to get the upside of a 30-point game, I'll take Cashner. He he dropped 29.9 on on St. Louis a couple starts back. That's the kind of that's kind of upside you can get sure. from either of them. I'd rather bet on Cashner, especially because that Giants offense is really reeling right now, sure. and they might be worth a, a pick on spot. Sure. And plus, uh, you got to be careful of rain with the with the Santana bit. Right. Um, if we're gonna stick in that scary game with the rain, um, on the other side, Matt likes Eric Johnson getting the Twins. To me, these just feel like matchup plays. These are not inspiring pitchers, but the Twins don't hit righties. Would you ever consider that as a cheap one? Are you in on Eric Johnson at all? I'm I'm okay on Eric Johnson. Didn't he have a great season in the minors this year? Because I've been hearing quite a bit of buzz ar- yeah. around him lately that that folks are are getting pretty hyped on some stuff that he did. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at now two thirty seven ERA in 133 innings with over strikeout per inning. He was a prospect before, like a, like a legit right. top 100 prospect. So I, I get it. I'm not discounting him. I wouldn't have a problem with it because uh, it's DFS and you're talking 4700, and then I can easily afford Keuchel mm-hmm. and then go nuts still with the lineup. So yeah, I, I'd be okay with it. I, yeah. I don't mind some of these, you know, sub five thousand just hail marys because they can pan out and right. if you're going to pick one of those eric johnson's the one i think right. that's a good call by matt right and it's just uh that the twins don't hit righties that's that's what that exactly. is there um you can go kyle Hendricks in that second game going to philadelphia kyle Hendricks is okay the phillies are just not very good and should get plenty of run support so if you're you know looking for a mid-range guy that's a fine that's fine it's not inspiring and then the last guy on my list, uh, Hisashi Iwakuma, has been much better the last month, obviously. He gets the Rockies. Um, more importantly, it's in Seattle. And I think Iwakuma could be fine there. Not loving it, but if you're not paying for an ace, he's an okay uh, mid-range-ish guy, too. Um, did you have any pitchers we didn't get to? No. Okay. No, I, I, okay. I just had the four that I really like, yeah. Keiko Nelson, Mats, and Kashner. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot of options, again, and, and 15 games to pick from. 
Um, and then real quick, Matt's not here. We got to get our field of streams picks in for this weekend for Saturday and Sunday. On Saturday, he has Tanner Roark going to Miami. Um, and I'm going to go with Lance McCullers at the Angels. I don't know why Lance McCullers is still less than 50% owned in Yahoo Leagues. He's had one bad start this year, pretty much. He's great. And he gets the Angels, who are, you know, whatever. Uh, he should do fine. And then on Sunday, we both have Patrick Corbin at home versus the Dodgers. I was mad at him because we ended up picking up the same guy. But uh, he should do <laughs> fine there. The Dodgers aren't as scary against lefties. Um, and he sh- should also be more than 50% owned. I don't know why people aren't in on Patrick Corbin. He's been just fine. Actually striking guides out more than usual, so it should be good. Um, that should do it for a big, big loaded Friday. Paul, thanks again for uh, stepping in and giving us uh, insight. You know, it's good to see a new angle because a lot of times Matt and I or Brad and I are bouncing the same stuff stuff back and forth. So glad to have somebody step in. Um, Paul, you're on Twitter at Sporer, correct? Mm. Absolutely. They can yeah. find me there. I tweet, tweet out all my stuff. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you having me on. I really enjoyed it. Yep. And of course, you're also here at Rotographs Audio three times a week with the sleeper and the bust. That's Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Is that correct? Yes, that yes. is correct. So Jason Collette and I will be on Sunday and then back to Eno and I during the week. Yep. Great. Uh, Paul, you got anything else to plug before we get out of here? Actually, I don't. Um, I just keep, just keep reading my stuff at Bangrass. I'll have something up later today. Yeah. Don't know, don't know what yet. Topics are not easy to come by this late in the season. Yeah. It's, it's a that weird, is, weird is still the word, I feel like. Yep. It, it's just a bizarre time. But yeah, just keep, just keep reading me on Twitter. I, I tweet everything out there. Yeah. Cool. That's a good follow. Um, I'm on Twitter at HigginsFOS. We appreciate any show feedback. It's good to hear from you guys. You've been really helpful in shaping what we're doing this year. That should do it for us. Uh, good luck with your stacks on Friday. Have a good weekend. Matt will be back. We'll be back on Monday. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit Fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.